Hello everyone, my name is Zachary Rodier and welcome to episode 22 of the Quarantine Hockey HQ podcast. And uh, here we are on episode 22 and uh, well, the Stanley Cup Finals are here. I can't believe that I will be getting to talk about the Stanley Cup Finals in this podcast and that we're watching the Stanley Cup Finals. When I'm recording this, we've already watched two uh, games and when this podcast is released, game three will be uh, Wednesday night. So it's very, very exciting. And yes, Quarantine Hockey HQ podcasts usually come out on Tuesdays, but it was a Jewish holiday over the a Jewish holiday over the weekend. So I was not able to record a podcast over the weekend and get uh, get it ready for Monday, um, record everything on Monday, and release it on Tuesday. Uh, so I'm recording it here now on Tuesday, and it will be ready on Wednesday when it is released. Um, but we're going to be talking about the NHL awards. The five last awards were released uh, yesterday when I released the po- uh, when I when I'm recording it right now. It was released on Monday, um, so that is what we're going to talk about. We're also going to be previewing and talking about the the Stanley Cup Finals and about some articles and everything surrounding the NHL. So NHL news this week: no QWs to score recap, no interviews. But let me tell you, I know I've been teasing interviews for a couple of weeks now. We have some fantastic ones lined up probably next week and in the weeks. Uh, it's The next one that I'm going to have that I'm planning on having is going to be a big interview that I'm really excited to share with everyone. Um, but until now, we have this week's episode in order to entice you for next week. Without further ado, let's get into the NHL news and um, the Stanley Cup Finals. All right, it is now time to talk about the NHL news and the NHL awards. Now, before Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Final, the NHL had an award show giving out the hardware of the Final 5 awards. Let's get started with one of the first awards, and it was, let's talk about the Ted Lindsay Award. Now, the Ted Lindsay Award is given annually to the p- most outstanding player in the NHL as voted by the NHLPA. So, fellow players are voting for this player. The winner of the Ted Lindsay Award was Leon Dreisaitl of the Edmonton Oilers. Dreisaitl said that means a lot. Obviously, that's always a very important to you personally, how the players you play against and players that you battle against every night, how they see you and, you know, getting the appreciation and recognition from their side means a lot to me. And, you know, obviously also to them. Thank you for voting for me. Dreisaitl also won the Hart Trophy, and I'll get to that later. Uh, Sorry about the spoiler alert there as the NHL MVP. After he led the league with 110 points, 43 goals, 67 assists, during the regular season, the forward was first in points per game, 1.55, assists and power play points, 44, and the first among forwards in ice time per game, 22-37, tied with Boston Bruins forward David Pasternak for first in game-winning goals in 10, and was the second in even strength points in, with 66, and power play goals with 16. He had 33 multi 
point games and scored at least one point in 56 of the 71 games. Dreisaitl helped the Oilers with a five a .585 point percentage to advance to the Stanley Cup qualifiers when they lost a best-of-five series against the Chicago Blackhawks. Dreisaitl is the fourth Oilers player to win the award in first cent since center Connor McDavid won it in 2017. Dreisaitl said, yeah, it's special. Every work, you know, for your personal career, it's special, and it's a big honor no matter what it is. You know, you work hard for this, and again, there's so many people that help you along the way, and so many things have to go right, so I'm obviously honored. Nathan McKinnon of the Colorado Avalanche and our Timmy Panarin of the New York Rangers were the other finalists for the award, which were voted before the postseason began. Now, it was, to me, Nathan McKinnon or Leon Dreisaitl. And I, sometimes part of me was like, Nathan McKinnon, Nathan McKinnon. And then I went back to Leon Dreisaitl. I thought he could have won that award, and he did really well-deserving. The only reason Connor McDavid wasn't on there as well uh, was because of his injury. But Leon Dreisaitl, when Connor McDavid wasn't there, uh, came up big for the Oilers. And he was the MVP as voted by the NHL PA. Let's move on to the next award. Let's talk about the Norris Trophy. The Norris Trophy is given to the best defenseman in the NHL. And that one, the finalists for this award were Roman Yossi of the Nashville Predators, John Carlson of the Washington Capitals, and, of course, Victor Hedman of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the winner of that award was Roman Yossi of the National Predators. He's the first Predators player to win the Norris Trophy. Yossi says it means a lot. It's definitely a dream come true. As a player, the ultimate goal is to win the Cup. But I think you personally try to prepare for the season and be the best player you can be. You try to work on things in the summer. If every guy tries to be the best player, your team is going to have success. From a personal standpoint, it's always been a dream of mine, and it's pretty sur surreal. I actu I've actually wanted. Yossi had an NHL career highs in goals 16, assists 49, and 50, 65 points in 69 games. 65 points in 69 games for a defenseman. That's crazy, and he was the second in the NHL among defensemen in each category, and his assist points were the most by a defenseman in Nashville Predators. History. Yossi was third in the NHL in average ice time per game, 25.47, scored 23 power play points, and led the Predators with 108 block shots and a plus 22 rating. Yossi also said it's pretty special. I was looking at some of the names who have won it, and those are all the names we've idolized. When I was younger, Scott Niedermeyer, um, Niedermeyer uh, was a guy I looked up to. I really loved his game. Chris Pronger, Chris Chelios, so many guys. Obviously, Bobby Orr was a long ago, uh, but to be next to those guys is pretty cool. Cool. Growing up in Switzerland, they've always seemed to be so far away. It's unbelievable my name is on there besides so many greats who have won it before. Yossi uh, of the National Predators credited his partner, Ryan Ellis, his defensive partner, 
Yossi said he's such a rock back there and so solid. He lets me play my game. I probably should give him half of this trophy to him. He's an unbelievable player and he deserves to win this. I'm very glad I'm playing with him. Let's move on to the next award and let's talk about the Vesna Trophy. It goes to the goalie of the year, the best goalie in the NHL. And the other finalists, uh, the finalists that we had were Tuka Rask of the Boston Bruins, Andre Vasilevsky and, um, of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and Connor Hellebuck of the Winnipeg Jets. And the winner was Connor Hellebuck of the Winnipeg Jets. He won the Vesna Trophy, and he was the runner-up for the Vesna in 2017-2018. Um, but he won it now. He is the first goalie in the Jets' Atlanta Thrashers history to win the award. Hellebuck said it's very rewarding. And almost a little bit of sigh of relief because I was so close last time and I wanted it I wanted it so badly. This year was just such a mental grind, but also so fun. Um, I would have liked for the postseason to go a little bit better. Um, but you know, when I'm looking back on this year, I'll say we did some great things. Hellebuck was second in the NHL in wins with 31, first in shutouts with six, and seventh in save percentage point nine two two among goalies who played at least 20 games. He was 30... 31, 21, and 5 with a 2.57 goals against average and allowed two or fewer goals in 32 of his 58 games to help the Jets, Jets advance to the Stanley Cup qualifiers when they lost a best of five against the Calgary Flames when they got injured in that series. Hellebuck led the NHL goalies in shots faced with 1,796 and in saves 1,656 and was tied for first in games with Carey Price of the Montreal Canadiens. After going 41-11-9 with a 2.36 goals allowed average and a .92 save percentage in 2017-2018, Hellebuck was 34-23-3 with a 2.9 GAA and a .913 save percentage last season. For this season, he said he not only intended to bounce back, but to win the Vesna. Almost feels like getting a little bit of a monkey off my back after saying that. But now I really am looking forward to the next one. The next one's going to be very glorious, and that's winning the cup, said Hellebuck. And uh, he, you know, this one is so deserving. Uh, Hellebuck was absolutely fantastic uh, for the... He was definitely fantastic for the Winnipeg Jets. Congratulations, Tim. And the Vesna Trophy is given to the... I mean, it's it's awarded by the people that get to vote for him are NHL general managers. Out of the 31 clubs, 30 general managers voted. Connor Hellebuck was first with 123 points. Tuka Rask was 99. Had 99 points. He was second. Andre Vasilevsky had 31 points. He was third. Markstrom had seven points at the Vancouver Canucks. He was fourth. And Elvis Merzlikens was fifth with four points. And Robin Leonard, during his tenure in Vegas and Chicago, got three points in sixth place. Let's move on to the next award, and it is the Calder Trophy. It goes to the NHL Rookie of the Year. And the finalists were Kale McCarr of the Colorado Avalanche, Quinn Hughes of the Vancouver Canucks, Dominique Kubalik of the Chicago Blackhawks. And the winner was Kale McCarr of the Colorado Avalanche. 
the defenseman for the Colorado Avalanche. He is just 21 years old. He's the sixth player to win the award in the Avalanche Quebec Nordiques history, joining Peter Stancy, Peter Forsberg, Chris Drury, Gabriel Landeskog, and Nathan McKinnon. McCarr said, obviously, I'm very honored just to be able uh, to bring the trophy back to the Avalanche organization. It's pretty special, like you touched on. Those two great players in Landeskog and McKinnon, well, they're fun to watch. And I'm happy to be able to boast about the Avalanche organization now and bring it back there. McCarr led NHL rookie defenseman in 12 goals and four power play goals in 57 games this season. And among NHL rookies, he ranked second in assists with 38, 50 points, and an Avalanche Nordiques record in a season by a defenseman. He also scored... Four game-winning goals, he had a plus-12 rating, an average 21 minutes and one second of ice time per game, third among rookies. McCarr believes the Avalanche have a bright future, saying, I think for us as a team, we obviously feel like we have a competitor next year. Um, it's going to be exciting times. We're in a very exciting group, and we're in a good spot. I know everyone's just pumped to get back at it, that's for sure. Now, let's talk about the people that were not finalists. Adam Fox was in fourth place with 430 points. Elvis Merzlikens was in fifth place for the Columbus Blue Jackets, 215 points. And Kenzie Blackwood of the New Jersey Devils was sixth place with 164 points. Now, the next NHL award in the final one is... The Hart Trophy, and I already spoiled. Sorry uh, about who won the Hart Trophy. It goes the most valuable, the most valuable player, uh, as voted by the Professional Hockey Writers Association, and it is the Hart Trophy. And the winner, like I said earlier, Leon Dreisaitl of the Edmonton Oilers. His quote for this award was, it's a big deal for me. You know, at the same time, I know there's so many people that have helped me get to this point. There's so many people that I have to thank, you know, my family, friends, coaching staff. They trust, they trusted me, my teammates, and most importantly, the fans. There are so many people, you know, play such a big role in this and they don't get much recognition. So from my side, it's a huge thank you to all of those people. Now, uh, since... I already talked about his stats beforehand. I'm not going to repeat them, but Nathan McKinnon and Artemi Panarin were also finalists for this award. And under Artemi Panarin, uh, who was third place with um, 889 points, David Pasternak was fourth place with 369 points, Connor McDavid was fifth place with 309 Uh so Pasternak had 369, and Connor Hellebeck of the Winnipeg Jets came in 6th place with 283. Dreisaitl, the winner, had 1,309 points, while Nathan McKinnon of the Colorado Avalanche had 1,162 points. Those are all of the NHL awards. Let's get started with talking about the other NHL news. Breaking news coming out of San Jose today. The San Jose Sharks have taken off the interim label of Bob Bonner, uh, who will return as head coach of the San Jose Sharks. Bonner 
an assistant took over as coach after Pete DeBoer was fi- Peter DeBoer was fired December 11th in San Jose. Um, San Jose was 14, 20, and 3 under Bonner and did not qualify for the NHL postseason. Bonner said, I'm very excited about the opportunity to return to St. Jose's Sharks organization as head coach. I want to thank owner Hasso Planter and general manager Doug Wilson for their trust in me. Last year was a difficult season for everyone, but I think we learned a lot about ourselves as a group and we made some positive strides over the second half of the year. I've been in contact with many of our players over the break, and as a coaching staff, we're going to make it clear that our team is going to compete every night, play hard, and be a tight group on and off the ice. In other NHL news, before we get to the Stanley Cup final, the Coyotes named a general manager, G. Um, Bill Armstrong. He Armstrong. He was the assistant GM in. Um, in St. Louis, but he set a stern message after he was formally introduced as the Arizona Coyotes general manager. He said, I didn't realize how beautiful it is here. I didn't know until I stepped off the plane. I was like, oh my God, this is incredible, but we're never telling the players that what we're going to tell the players is it's not a nice place to live. It's a place to come win a championship. That's why you're coming to Arizona. You're coming to win a championship. You're investing in this team with everything you have. Weather has nothing to do with it. As I told them in my interview, I will see my house, the car, and my office, and not much of Arizona. He said, I'm not here to tan. I'm here to win a championship. So, you know, this is definitely big. Arizona, the... They tried to make a push this year uh, and get Taylor Hall. We don't know if they'll be able to re-sign him. Probably not. Um, but, you know, Arizona, it, you know, their ticket sales haven't been great. They're saying, we're here to win, and we're here to win now. And I like what um, definitely the, what the, Bill Armstrong was saying. In other NHL news, the Tampa Bay Lightning, who made it to the Stanley Cup Final, have donated $1 million in donations to help local causes in run to the cup final. Um, Stamkos is inching his way closer to the cup final return for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the NHL also released their 2019-2020 All-Star teams. Now, their first All-Star team consisted of Connor Hellebuck of the Winnipeg Jets in goal, defenseman John Carlson of the Washington Capitals, defenseman Roman Yossi of the Nashville Predators, Leon Dreisaitl of the Edmonton Oilers as center, right winger David Pasternak of the Boston Bruins, and left winger Artemi Panarin of the New York Rangers. Second All-Star team was... Tuka Rask of the Boston Bruins in goal. Victor Hedman uh, of the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, for defense. Alex Petrangelo for defense for the St. Louis Blues. Nathan McKinnon, Colorado Avalanche for center. Nikita Kucherov, Tampa Bay right wing. And Brad Marchand, left wing for the Boston Bruins. Um, but now let's go to the all-rookie team. In goal was Elvis Merzlikens of the Columbus Blue Jackets. He was a third-round pick. In the 2014 draft, and in 
for defense, Quinn Hughes of the Vancouver Canucks and Kale McCarr of the Colorado Avalanche. In forward, we had Dominique Kubalik of the Chicago Blackhawks, Victor Olofsson of the Buffalo Sabres, and Nick Suzuki of the Montreal Canadiens. So there's your NHL news with those names. Now let's talk about the Stanley Cup final. Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Dallas Stars. Two southern teams, Tampa in Florida, Dallas in Texas. This one has been exciting. The series is tied as I am recording this episode. And first, before we even get here, let's backtrack a bit to the other series. Uh, Dallas versus Vegas. Dallas won. Um, you know, I definitely thought Vegas was going to make it to the Stanley Cup final. Um, but I always said I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas did it. Dallas did in four and five games. Uh, the final score of game five, it was an overtime three to two. And that's just how it went. I think the Vegas Golden Knights, they just, they, they had a lot of shots, but they just could not score. That cost them big time. And, but you got to give a lot of credit to the Dallas Stars. They have been great defensively in the playoffs. They've been great against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But we'll talk about that uh, in a few minutes. Uh, now let's go to the Lightning and Islanders. And this is honestly something I love about the New York, uh, about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Last year, they got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, you know, I'm from Columbus, and I'm going to say that as many times as I can, but that's not my point here. Last year, the Tampa Bay Lightning, with all of their offensive power, were shocked that they lost against the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Columbus Blue Jackets were a strong, physical, and defensive team. And the Tampa Bay Lightning learned from that. And they built their team differently this year. And they beat the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round. Then they fought the Boston Bruins in the second round. A team that is more gifted offensively than the Blue Jackets. And they were able to shut them down defensively. The Tampa Bay Lightning were. Now they move on to the New York Islanders, who has a perfect defense and physicality like the Columbus Blue Jackets do, but they have more scoring than the Blue Jackets. So almost a stronger Blue Jackets team. And after learning from the Blue Jack from them losing against the Blue Jackets last year, and then their win this year, they were able to learn and take those lessons and beat the New York Islanders in six games. Now here they are, facing the Dallas Stars in the Stanley Cup Final. And the Dallas Stars are a better Columbus. They are a better New York Islanders. They are a great defensive team that has offensive power. And the Tampa Bay Lightning, it won't be a surprise to them anymore. It won't be a surprise to them just like when they played the Blue Jackets last year. They've gone through their lessons now. They know what type of defensive teams each team is. And yes, they didn't have a lot of time to prepare for the Dallas Stars, just one game day in between. But the Tampa Bay Lightning 
have learned from the past experiences. They know what uh, they they've seen similar styles as the Dallas Stars, and they're ready. Like I said earlier, we haven't seen anything from Steven Stamkos this so far, um, and Ben Bishop's still unfit to play for the Dallas Stars. And in Game One, it was all Dallas. I think it was almost that shell shock. And I was talking about Tampa was ready. They only had one day to prepare for the Dallas Stars after their Game 6 win against the New York Islanders. So I think they were a little shocked, and they weren't ready. Um, but but you got to give a lot of credit for the Dallas Stars after having a little time off, being able to come in flying and catch the Tampa Bay Lightning off guard. They definitely did that, and that's how they won Game 1. In Game 2, that happened last night when I was recording this So. On Monday night, I mean, it was absolutely, uh, that first period was all Tampa Bay. They got that momentum back. They said, we don't care what happened in game one. We're here right now. And they looked so good, especially in the neutral zone. We're up 3-0. And again, learning about lessons is the Tampa Bay Lightning. They knew what it was like when they blew a three-goal lead. Um... And they got three goals in the first period against the Blue Jackets last year. They were not about to blow a three-goal lead. And it was it looked like they could have near the end when the Dow Stars were able to come back and the Stars were able to have a fantastic second period. But in the third period, it was really a lot of Tampa Bay again. Tampa did a great job defending the defensive Dallas Stars. And um that is how they defeated them, and ha- that is how that game uh and how the series is tied now. So I'm definitely excited to see how everything progresses. And, I, I, you know, this is just going to be a really tough series. I wouldn't be surprised if this goes to seven games. I wouldn't be surprised if this one goes to six games. But if this one ends in five, I'll definitely be surprised. Now everyone's going to ask, who do I think is going to win? And it's tough. It's really tough. Ah. Uh, you know, it, it's it's definitely a tough thing because these are two fantastic different teams and they're almost a little polar opposites. You have a very defensive Tampa uh, Dallas Stars and a very offensive Tampa Bay Lightning. But like I said, the Tampa Bay Lightning have the adversity and they have they have those lessons of how to beat a team like the Dallas Stars after playing Columbus twice in the past two years in the playoffs and beating a very good New York Islanders team who is also the same structure as the Dallas Stars. And the only reason I'm not seeing Boston Bruins, not the same structure as the Dallas Stars. Um, so that's when I'm like, mm, who do I think can win? I'm going to have to go with the Tampa Bay Lightning winning the Stanley Cup, Braden Point getting the Conn Smythe Trophy. And the only reason I think Dallas can do it. But if I have to choose one, if I had to put my money on one of them, I would have to say the Tampa Bay Lightning. Just because of all the lessons and the adversity they've gone through, they know what what it takes. And, they, and the Dallas Stars, I, I just don't know if they've had enough experience yet. And sometimes... Not a lot of experience is a good thing. Um, You know, one quote I remember John Torrell of the Columbus Blue Jackets saying, I don't know if it's good for them 
to not know anything, and I think he said be young and dumb, young and stupid, or something like that, or to have full experience going into the playoffs. In my opinion, in this case, sometimes it's the young and dumb. In this case, I think the more seasoned veteran team of the Tampa Bay Lightning may be able to to beat the Dallas Stars, but I'm I it's very possible I'm going wrong. I, I I'd, I'll be wrong. Um, and if it goes to Game Seven, you know anything's up in the air. Uh, other things to talk about the Stanley Cup Final. I thought it was absolutely fantastic uh, that the Stanley Cup was watching right over the stage in Game One of the Stanley Cup Final. The Stanley Cup and uh, the keeper of the cup, Phil Pritchard, is they are in the bubble uh, because he did bring the cup in the bubble. Um, as you saw, if you were watching the game, he brought it onto the stage. Uh, and again, like I said, we have great interviews next week. We have great interview in the coming weeks on the podcast. Um, so we'll definitely talk all about that. But I'm not going to give away uh, who's going to be on the podcast. You'll have to stay tuned for the weeks uh, in the coming weeks. Um, but that's all we have with the NHL news right now. Can't wait to be covering the Stanley Cup final. And let's be honest here. When this podcast is released, Game 3 will be on Wednesday. Game 5 will be on Friday. Game five, uh, Game 4 will be on Friday. Game 5 will be on Saturday. And Monday is Game 6, if necessary. So if there is a Game 6... If there is a game six, we will still be able to cover it, the podcast, on, we'll still be able to cover the podcast, I I mean cover the Stanley Cup final on our next podcast, but it's very possible by the next time we have the Stanley, we have our podcast, the Stanley Cup could already be awarded in the game five. Now. And if it goes to Monday, and if it doesn't go to a Game 7, and this podcast is coming out next Wednesday because of another Jewish holiday, so if it doesn't go to a Game 7, which is happening on Wednesday, you know, the Stanley Cup will already be awarded, which is crazy that in basically one and a half weeks, the Stanley Cup is going to be, the Stanley Cup Finals all done in just one week. So absolutely crazy absolutely fantastic though and uh i'm just so excited to watch how everything else is going and uh you know this is just i I cannot wait cannot wait um i i can't wait to just see everything else see the stanley cup final and cover it all for you but like i said quarantine hockey hq podcast episode 23 with great interviews nhl news and recapping everything in the stanley cup final will be happening next wednesday because of another jewish holiday and i'll make sure to let everyone know on social media without further ado let's get right into the outro thank you so much for listening uh to the quarantine hockey hq podcast Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed NHL news, NHL awards, and everything else in between. Um, please make sure you follow us on social media on Twitter at HockeyHQ Podcast, on Instagram and Facebook at Quarantine 
HockeyHQ. If you'd like to send us a message, not on social media, anchor.fm slash HockeyHQ. Make sure if this is not, if you're listening to our podcast and we're not on your favorite listening platform, please, please let us know by messaging us on social media or again on anchor.fm slash HockeyHQ. Now, this is episode 22. Cannot believe that it is happening. But like I said, things have been busy with me, but also in the NHL. So a lot of the people and the individuals have not been able to come on the podcast because of how busy they have been. But luckily now, a lot of people are starting to open up and be able to talk now. So we have some great episodes and interviews coming in the coming weeks. I've been hinting at a big one next week, and we should have a big interview next week that I cannot wait share with you but without and i it should be coming out next wednesday but i cannot confirm there may be delays um so it may not be next week but i'm pretty sure it will be um but again the next episode will be on wednesday on next wednesday which is wednesday september 30th so that's all there is on the Quarantinaki HQ podcast, episode 22. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Zachary Rodier, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks.